0: And now here's your host, Sheila White. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Gifted with Sheila White. Folks, I'm excited in the studio today because I have with me someone that is like a sister to me. Okay, I had the opportunity of talking with her on the phone. And, you know, there are people that are work under terrible time constraints. They're very busy, a lot going on. Well, in this time when people need, they need a guide, they need a consultant, a trainer, a, a counselor, an advisor, pretty much all of these people are wrapped up into one with my guest on today. Um, I want you to grab a pen, call a friend, Get ready to be inspired because this person is going to help you shine. She is Dr. Pauline Carswell, and I'm so excited because she is the pastor of NSM International, as well as the spiritual covering for Zom Global Foundation and Zion Hill Tabernacle, located in Trinidad and Tobago. Tobago. Okay. We're going to get it right. We're going to get it right. But you know, she holds a degree in the doctorate in divinity and there is so much knowledge that she has. She's not only just holds that degree, but she also has a master's degree in business administration. So those of you out there that need some help, this is your 411, your 911 person to help you get out of the rut that you're in. Uh, she also holds a BS in nursing and criminal justice. Listen, she's got all four walls of the room covered. Okay. Whether it's criminal justice, nursing, uh, business administration, I'm telling you, we're going to have a great conversation on today and also in psychology and accounting. Look, God knows what he is doing when he created this woman of God right here. And you know what? She's an inductee in the National Civil Rights Hall of Fame. She works in health and works with women's health specifically. And she's presently involved in working with women and men and dealing with trauma. You know what? Coming out of this pandemic, so many people have so many different types of trauma. We're going to talk about that a little bit as well, but I'm excited because she is a God-fearing, not only professional, but knowledgeable individual, able to impact your life. She's my special, special guest today. Like I said, she's my sister from another mister, okay, and I'm excited to have her with me today. Uh, welcome, Dr. Pauline, to the show.
1: Blessings and peace be unto you. I'm so glad to be here today.
0: You know what? I I, I have to kind of tell them, give me the tissues, pass the tissues, like Michael Jackson said, P- give me the tissue, Tito, because this is going to take a little bit for me to get through this because the way you have impacted my life in just a short time that I've known you. So I'm going to try to keep the tears back (laughs) because it's, I know that it's going to be a meaningful conversation. Let's start a little bit with your backstory. You know, you have all of this education, but what was it like as a little girl growing up? I mean, did you know what you wanted to go into and what you wanted to do? Because there's nursing, there's business administration where these gifts Alive and well as a little girl growing up?
1: Well, to uh, be really honest, I came from a very huge family. I have 16 Mm. brothers and seven sisters. Wow. Uh, With a a wide variety of areas that all of us are in at this point in our adult lives. But it's children. We kind of got a new brother or sister every year. Uh, (laughs) Four biological children. But she chose to raise the children that my father had out of wedlock.
0: Okay. So wow. We were
1: all raised together um, in a, um, a very traumatic uh, life uh, for mm-hmm. us as, as children uh, mm-hmm. in poverty, um, you know, domestic abuse, mm-hmm. uh, molestation in the home.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, but God made a way out of no way. And mm. I, I think that I, I began to be in love with education because it was a, a way to to kind of, branch out to be able to um, go into another place wow. that I've never seen before with books wow. and uh, just fantasizing about having a better life.
0: Mm. Wow. You know, you you brought up some things because it made me think of trauma, and I know you work with men and women in trauma, as a little girl growing up and having experienced Poverty, which is a trauma in and of itself, especially being a child, and then domestic abuse. A lot of people don't know what to do with that. You know, coming I'm saying out of this pandemic, there is great numbers of people that were going through domestic abuse because they were at home, the children are at home, um, you know, the wives are at home, and even the husbands are experiencing a lot of abuse. Um how, as a child, did the different types of abuse mm-hmm. mentally, and I will say emotionally, um, as you look back, affect you? Because a lot of children are in that, that boat today. They're having trauma. They don't know what to do. They don't know where to go. And sometimes they say, what stays in the house, you know, stays here. Don't take it out of the house. How did that affect you as a little girl, you know, growing up? Because education was your rescue. But go back and what was that like? going through some of the, we talked about molestation, domestic abuse, poverty, you know, what were some of those things that went through your mind? Because some kids want to commit suicide. You know, the numbers are high there.
1: Well, I I think that, first of all, uh, we were people that knew God. Mm. So because of that, I I think that's really the biggest thing that that helped you get out.
0: Okay, Uh, okay, okay. I, I
1: think a lot of it is because uh african-american communities uh, my mother is jamaica but my father is african-american okay uh, hide everything and you learn how to be great mm. um actress
0: wow you, wow, you know, wow. You
1: learn how to hide uh mm. this is why we don't have clothes this is why we don't have mm. food this is why we smell this way going to school wow. Wow. um this is why my sister is pregnant at this age and this is why you know, my my brothers were, you know, running Mm. away from home and Mm. um, this is why at 15 years old I I found myself on my own.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just so much, um, thinking about it, but this is the sad thing. These things are still happening. The things that you mentioned, young people are still leaving home. Girls are still getting pregnant. Um, uh, boys are having trouble and they don't, they don't have a father in the home. Uh, poverty is still a problem. You know, domestic, what you were going through at that time, these are still problems that are plaguing our country, you know I'm saying? Not just in one city of Chicago, but just this literally our country, um, going through these different types of journeys that you went through, Mm -hmm. did this kind of affect, you said you were always a, you know, a faith family. Did this affect some of the reason that you went into the ministry because you saw the hurts and the hearts of people and you wanted to help, you know, kind of nurture them through, was this some of your decision of wanting to go into ministry to be able to help more people?
1: Oh, absolutely. I, you uh-huh. know, I wanted to give people a voice because mm. there are so many times that we don't allow people to talk about the trauma they went through. You know, it, it's wow. great that we can pray about it. And and believe me, I, I, I believe in prayer and I am yes. an intercessor. Yes, but yes. Sometimes you need to talk, you know, uh, mm. in our communities, we don't talk about mental health. <laughs> oh, wow. we, we don't talk about why little Johnny and little Susie is acting up. Mm. You know, why have you not noticed the changes in your child? Because we are not trained to look at those kinds of things. You know, when you do report incidents that happen in your life, Mm -hmm. a lot of times your family tells you to be quiet quiet about it. Yeah, We need to have safe havens that kids can come and talk to people. Because Mm. a lot of the reasons why we have people acting up in church is because they're dealing with, their childhood issues. It's not church hurt.
0: And I'm not saying
1: church hurt does not happen because of course we know that it does. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times you're acting out over something that has triggered you in the church.
0: Mm. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is so important because these triggers, as you mentioned, it happened at any time, which causes a lot of the mental uh, abuse, which Goes into, you know, different paths and things like that. Um, how do you recognize some of the signs of, of, of the, let's say that what causes people to trigger? Because let's say, um, it's a child growing up in a home, and especially with this pandemic, you have maybe the father not in the home, the mother's working, but she's got to try to homeschool the children. What are some signs of things that, you know, in your background because you have the nursing background as well, um, you know, criminal justice, you see kids starting acting out. What are some signs that start to happen that parents may not catch, um, that they could say, oh, wait, we, we need to do something here. Bring, you know, let me, let me kind of intervention, intervene in this situation, you know, cause an intervention. Um, what are some of those signs that, that may happen? Uh, Mm -hmm. to some of the young people so that the parents can be more aware of it. Because if they start going down that path with a trigger, maybe it can be stopped. Maybe it could be helped.
1: Mm -hmm. I I think that the thing that was the pandemic was horrible. But the thing it caused us to to really look at was. Uh, how our children reacted to certain situations. Mm. Now you are forced to be with your child a lot more than you used to be. So now you find out that your child is really not doing as well as you thought in school. Uh, Mm -hmm. They're they're really having behavior issues, not just because of this, that, or the other, but Mm -hmm. because of something emotional that's going on. That you don't see when you're working two and three jobs trying to feed your kids. And when you you come home, you do homework and send them to bed and feed them. You know, and make sure they're okay. But now you get to sit back and see, how do they Mm. interact with other children? How do they interact with their teacher? Mm. Are they reserved? Are they they even able to read? I mean, Mm. even my own self. I have an eight-year-old son.
0: Yeah, yeah. My
1: son is amazing in math yeah but he yeah. Could barely read mm, and here mm. i am a teacher and didn't really understand and me as a professional didn't yeah. really see that he was having all these issues in school mm. where was that coming from from wow my parents, from wow that's happened in my own life so i guess what i would say is that now you're forced to kind of see really what's your child's identity
0: Mm, Important. And and, and a lot of times they don't know who they are and whose they are. Not only just the biological parent, but they don't know, you know, with you being a minister of being able to translate to them that they are awesome and fearfully and wonderfully made. They don't even know that. So they don't, they can't even go to that reference, let alone saying, who's my daddy? Who's my mama? You know, who's my grandma and things like that. How do we use how do we rewire the brains, you know, um, in the educational system or, or just kind of um, rewrite some things because there's children are walking around, some of them lost, you know, they're blind, they're in a the fog, too blind to see and have the attitude to be totally satisfied. With the little thing called me, like I got my Nikes on. I got this jacket on. So that's all I need to attract the girls or whatever. They're satisfied with the outside. But when we talk about the mental things that are going on, the changes, the triggers, um, they need to know that that limited belief that they have in themselves really does make a difference. How can we use ministry as, as, as a road an inroad? Um, I know we can't do it a lot in school, but just from a holistic point of view, you know, to be able to reach them, would you say, from that nursing side of, of that? Let's say, use that.
1: Well, I, I think that the first thing we have to do is allow them to to be vocal. Mm. Uh, you know, young boys are taught never to cry. Mm. Gotta be hard and rough. Wow. And, and girls are taught to mm. to be baby mamas. Oh
0: my goodness. Come I, on now.
1: to get the the guy on the block that has the most money, no matter what age he is. Wow. Uh, Girls are groomed to find somebody like that. Mm. And the the word be is a term of endearment in the community. We need to teach them that they're worth it, that that they don't have to be another Tamar in the Bible.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. It's like follow them. You know, you want a guy to follow you for your mind and not your behind. You know what I'm saying? It's it's really important for, for young girls as well as boys to understand who they are and to understand whose they are because that can make a difference on the whole consciousness of I am somebody. You know, I was created for more than this you know just to be somebody's mama or just to be somebody's trophy on their arm Um I, you're so right with the identity of boys being raised to be hard to not cry to not show emotion so you have grown men walking around with hurt um different types of hurt you know we know we talked about church hurt but they've been hurt as a, a young boy and never got out of it and then something like we said, triggers, and they're 35, 40 years old acting out, you know, at work or acting out in, in some place. And it's just a sad state that we're in because people aren't taking time to parent, you know what I'm saying, anymore. And, and the mental health is just off the charts, you know, from children having mental health to adults to seniors, it's just really, really off the charts. Which brings me to a point about, yeah, because I know you have a criminal justice background, is this probably one of the reasons that we're seeing so much incarceration and and other problems going on in the justice system because of the mental health problems?
1: Oh, definitely, definitely. Mm-hmm. I, if you think about the the majority of men that are incarcerated, yeah, yeah, barely any kind of education. They mm-hmm. have became the adults in their homes when they didn't have an opportunity to be a child.
0: Mm-hmm. are not wow. only
1: are they faced with being an adult, but they're faced with identity crisis.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because it's not just uncle, uncle Tim, that you got to worry about. You got to worry about uncle Tim's friend and how the men treat them in the community and what they're taught in the community.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because a lot of children are raising these mm-hmm. kids. They, yeah. they, never yeah. had yeah.
0: Yeah. they
1: never had a chance.
0: Wow. And, you know, sometimes they're right. You said they didn't have a chance, but the women are staying in the relationships with the domestic abuse and, and, you know, these problems with the mental illness. They're saying, I can't leave him because of this. And, and, and even though their health or their children's health could be at stake, they're staying in these relationships. How do you work with them to come out of those types of bondages? Because they feel like I need, this is all I have. He's all I have. You know what I'm saying? And they're looking for love in all the wrong faces, in all the wrong places. And it's causing more trauma, you know, um, more, more, more things in their life to go haywire, so to speak. So, like I said, there's so much you have so much education, you have so much to offer to help people. And not only in healthcare as far as a mental health and working with men and women, but there's that theology background as well, which is so strong. And then the business aspect. So we talked about the pandemic a little while ago, but with people trying to go into a business, mental health issues going on, the pandemic is looming large, trying to come out of that and still somewhat in it. children doing what they're doing because they're not understanding the parents, not able to articulate who they are and whose they are as far as a faith situation. Is there hope? Is there hope? Because this world seems to be dying and crumbling. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And is there hope for people out there to know that there, this can turn around, it can get better. You know, there can be brighter days. You know, what would you say to, to a person that is a, in business trying to make it but all of this stuff this distractions I'll call it is going on and they just want to get to the next day they just want to just survive to get through the next day and but they have all this baggage of trauma and abuse and mental health illness and uh, molestation and all of that but yet they're trying to hold their head up and really be somebody one day
1: well the first thing you have to do is Find out what the issue is, mm. because what happens in in the majority of the time is that you can't get over one hump until you find out what's causing the hump.
0: Wow, wow,
1: wow! So once you find out what that is, then you mm. address each issue. So okay. you go back to school. No, I can't go back to school because I don't have a babysitter. Well, let's do mm. that one out. Mm. Oh, mm. I, I can't stop working this job, and I can't leave him because. Let's start working on the small barriers to get you to okay. the kind of bigger.
0: Mm, wow.
1: Once you start working on those particular barriers, you start finding out really what the real issue is. Can you not leave him because you're scared to branch out on your own? Wow. Are you fearful of him?
0: Mm-hmm. Are there,
1: is there really a place that they can hide you? Mm. Because Most of the time, it's not that they won't leave. It's yes. just they do leave where they're going to go. Mm. You know, you wow. go to family. Family sends you back home because they don't want to deal with it.
0: They don't want to deal with it. Yeah, yeah. It.
1: Not only are you coming, most of the time you have children.
0: Wow! Wow! You wow!
1: Know, a lot of people wow! Are in the position to be on all these particular housings, and they can't have other people in their house. Mm. And then, do you really want to bring somebody that is dangerous to you to someone else's house?
0: Wow, that's something.
1: There's so much to think about. So once mm. you get their their eyes on the prize, mm. you start wondering, how can I help you with this part and this part? And once you help them get through one part at a time,
0: yeah, yeah,
1: a little clearer. Because while they're foggy, they can't find anything. Wow, so and true. The word of God is big, mm. Mm. but you have to get them in a place where they have the right posture to be able to receive it. Hmm. Wow, that's powerful. How can you pray when your baby's hungry? How can you pray when you have no diapers? How do you pray when you're living in a car?
0: mm, Wow, so true. So true. And that's something to think about because this is the reality of a lot of people. They're trying to make it, they're trying to go to school, doing a lot of things. Um, People don't know. I was talking to a young lady the other day and she was saying how she literally sleeps in a graveyard because it's it's safer than sleeping on the streets because she knows those spirits there are not going to mess with her. But out there on the streets, she doesn't know what's going to happen at any time. And so she said she founds more solace in the graveyard. And I was like, wow, you know, so there's so much that's really going on out there um, until people just need help. People really just need, need help and things like that, which brings me to, um, you're an author <laughs> as well. Let's talk about, uh, some of your books and, and, and what made you decide to, to pin it, so to speak, for people to, uh, get that information.
1: Well, um. I've three books that are going to be available in January. Yes. Uh, And I am working on them to be able to kind of show people a little bit of a difference in church. Mm. You know, there's things about church. You know, this is the sidebar to the trauma. There's Mm. there's things that happen in church that we don't talk about. Like we don't talk about that the witch is sitting right beside you. And why is she so comfortable in your church? And why is that okay? And why Mm. do you not detect her? Mm. Oh, so I have a book called "Witches Under the Tent."
0: Wow, wow, which is powerful. Explain that a little bit, because a lot of people—I mean, Halloween is coming up, and people are going to be dressing up, and it's just a common thing uh, to to have that type of costume. People look at it as cute and smiling, and put their little kids in it. Why should that get our attention right now in the times that we're in?
1: Witch should get your attention because the witch doesn't look like the witch at Halloween. Mm the witch looks like the mother of the church the usher the prophet
0: mm. wow the
1: teacher, sometimes the pastor mm. you know you you start to to recognize that us as uh, Americans i would say yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. is we have so many customs that we really don't understand is really witchcraft
0: yeah like, mm. a,
1: a lot of things that we do are very superstitious
0: Okay. Okay. Even
1: the way that you pray can be Mm. witchcraft. Anytime you pray for something to change the will of a person's mind,
0: Mm. it's
1: very easy for a prophet to become a witch.
0: Mm. Mm. Without
1: training and and the right foundation, it can happen very quickly. Mm. So witches under the tent is not about the witches that we normally see. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. about the riches that we become without training.
0: Wow. Which is powerful because um, like you said, changing a person's mind, people are like, oh, I'm praying for this and I'm praying for that and all that. But that we don't have power over another person's mind. So you're praying for their will to be broken and this and that for our own gratification. And mm-hmm. and it's like witchcraft is like the power of, uh, there's a scripture saying witchcraft is this, what is it? It's, it's similar to... Um, I forget the, the, the thing that came to, to come to mind, but it's it's so powerful, stubbornness. I think stubbornness is as a sin of witchcraft or something like that. So it's like you're being stubborn in a lot of ways, not realizing you're practicing witchcraft and you're not, you know, it's not just potions and all this stuff like you see on TV and goblins. It's simple as that, mind control, you know, mind control and praying about that. Um, let's talk about another one of the books that you have that'll be coming out in January.
1: A supernaturally Prophetic. Mm. Supernaturally so prophetic is my baby. I, okay. Oh. Okay. It is about uh how you are able to ignite ignite prophets.
0: Mm. And you these know, days
1: uh, prophets are born. They're not mm. they're 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 not it's not something you teach. You know, it, it says Saul was around the prophets and he began to prophesy, but he was not a prophet. Wow. Not a prophet.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But
1: prophecy cannot be, it's not something that's taught. I can't teach you how to prophesy, but Yet I think there's
0: so many people that are teaching it and making money from it.
1: Well, there you can't I mean, teach something that's not already in you. Mm. You can get a prophetic word. Now I can take I can teach you how to fine-tune your ear to okay listen to the words of God. Yeah, yeah. But I can't teach you what God is downloading into a prophet.
0: Mm. Okay. Okay. There's a difference.
1: It's it's a there's a difference in walking in the office of a prophet and, and having a prophetic word.
0: Mm. Okay. Which is really interesting because a lot of people do get that mixed up as well. And and what's another juicy one that's coming out in January? Because those are some hot topics. <laughs> and what's the third one?
1: The mounting of the prophet. Mm. Now. The mounting of the prophet is something that came from the Jamaican, uh, my Jamaican West Indian background. Okay. There's so many times that I go to churches and I travel quite a bit. Yeah. I go to churches and I watch prophets.
0: Mm. It's it's
1: it's the love.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: But I watch prophets sometimes mount and Mm. mounting Mm. is demonic and not apostolic.
0: Now, when you say mounting, do you mean like pasture wise or?
1: No, when I say mounting, it's almost like a spirit comes up on them.
0: Oh, OK. okay. And it's
1: not, it, it's not a Holy Spirit. Mm. It, um, it's that they're hearing from somewhere that is not God. Mm. It's not God. Mm. Um, you know, and we have a lot of people that oil has dried up. People won't like to hear that, but it is the truth.
0: It's the truth. A lot yeah. of people's
1: oil has dried up. So they began to start dibbling and dabbling in something that will cause them to hear again.
0: Oh, my. So mm-hmm. sometimes
1: when I'm at, at certain churches and, and yeah. I'm traveling, you mm. see people begin to mount instead of worship and wait.
0: Wow. Wow. Interesting. So it's a posture. It's a posture. It is a Wow! Posture. Wow. That's... and. And I want to talk a little bit because I know our time is running, but the national civil rights hall of how did that happen? And how did that come about? Because it's not every day that that happens to, as you say, Americans, (laughs) Americans. So what was that experience like? And how did that come about?
1: Well, uh, I actually spoke with a young man named William Thurman. Okay. Over the civil rights. Okay. And He, um, we sat down and we talked about what I do with women. You know, I have mm. a lot of uh, help groups that come in. I deal with a lot of pastors, wives that come okay. in that are dealing with abuse behind the scenes, but they're mm. in leadership. So wow. they can't really talk about it with other people.
0: Yeah. So yeah. Yeah.
1: About how we wanted to move in the next dispensation.
0: Mm, mm. with how
1: African-Americans deal with mental illness, deal yes. with trauma, yes. deal with work-related issues.
0: Yes, yes. And
1: that's how it happened. Um, I actually, I'm uh-huh. getting inducted in 2024.
0: Wow, beautiful. That is beautiful. That That's so awesome. I mean, there is so much that you have on your plate, Dr. Pauline. Who motivates you? Because it's like doing all this stuff, and like I said, your mom as well, how do you have time to just relax and just, you know, take a little breather? <laughs> and, and, and who motivates you to just keep going? Because this like I said, you have a full plate. You definitely have a full plate. So who motivates you to keep going, to make a difference, to make an impact the way that you are?
1: Well, I, if I could be really honest, what motivates yes. me is uh, my children. You know, um, about five years back, I was diagnosed with leukemia. Mm. And, um, I, I made a promise, you know, mm. and it's better to make um, a promise and keep it to God than not.
0: Yes I, yes, and yes. I
1: asked him if he would let me stay and be able to raise my eight year old. I'm 53 oh. years old now. Yes. Be yes. able to raise my son and be able to see him graduate and do all the things that a man could do in this world and yes, and raise him under, under God and, and, and be mm. able to instill in him what thus saith the Lord, that he would give me another chance.
0: Wow. Wow. So he's
1: given wow. me another chance and I'm going to run with it. Mm, and wow. help you know, everybody I see and do <laughs> I can until I can't do it anymore.
0: Wow. Wow. Let me ask you a question because I know you have the mission, uh, um, the ministry over in you know Trinidad, um, but what is it that you would like to do next? Um, not just in that particular area um, and things like that, but what would you like to see happen in your ministry? Um, And because you've got the professional things going with, like I said, with the nursing, criminal justice background, you could keep going and getting more and more degrees. But what is it that you would like to see happen now at this stage in your life, besides with your children, you know, and raising them up for impacting the world, I'll say.
1: You know what I'd like to have? I really am interested in opening them. Some kind of center, Mm. a center where people will be able to come and get trained,
0: Mm. not only
1: business, but help with mental health issues, help with being able to feed their children, a safe haven.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I want
1: to do something more with uh, people that are dealing with identity crisis
0: Mm. because
1: in the Mm. church, they really don't like to deal with it. Not every church, but (laughs) yes, majority of it, we don't like to deal with it, but we try to with it. You're right. God said, come as you are. Mm. So it's nobody I can say can walk through the door of the church, and who am I to judge anybody?
0: Wow. So wow. I want to
1: start opening up some some avenues where people will be able to come and talk about, this is who I am, and I can't tell my parents. This is who I am, but I can't tell my church. Mm. Wow. I can't be my kids, but I can't explain it Yeah. To
0: wow, wow. And how can our audience get in contact with you to be able to donate, to be able to, you know, just follow your ministry, um, to be able to, to get the books, which I'm excited about the books. (laughs) I want to get all three copies of the books. How can our audience get in contact with you to follow you, um, to be able to get more information, you know, about your ministry and about the organization churches in Trinidad and Tobago and all of these places?
1: Okay. Uh, well, I have a church on 83rd and Merrill.
0: In Chicago, (laughs) Chicago, Illinois. Okay. Uh,
1: And uh, my um, email address is always available. It's nsmint22 at Gmail. Mm. If anyone would like to email me, they are open to do so. They can email me because we have groups open all the time and the groups are free. You come, you sit down, we talk. The only Mm. thing that I ask is that we do a confidentiality agreement.
0: Yes. Yes
1: that is said within, uh, the program is never taken out of the program mm. for everyone's safety.
0: Wow. Wow. Uh, and
1: you can reach me by my phone number.
0: Wow. And what, do you want to give your phone number out for our viewing audience? Okay.
1: Absolutely. It's 217-850-2717. Okay.
0: All right. Well, we have been talking to Dr. Pauline Carswell today. An inspiration. I mean, it, it, there's so much that she's doing. There's so much that she has to offer. There's so much. There's so many ways that she's impacting lives. It's so important. You know, life doesn't get better by chance. It gets better by choice. And she has made a choice to make a difference and not only the, her community, but outside of the community as well, internationally. Um, there are very few people that are like her that are doing it at this level. Um, she definitely, definitely is hearing from the voice of God. Things get back to her, you know, from heaven. And she shares that with not only her congregation, but whoever she comes in contact with. And uh, most importantly, she is a child of God. I just want to thank you all for listening on today. If you did not hear this entire broadcast, I want you to visit our website at www.road2eternity. I want you to look up Dr. Pauline. Um, I want you to donate to her ministry that she's helping people all over the country. Also to her church. She's relocated right here in the Chicago area. I want you to get those books, folks, because those books are enlightening. Um, they're able to help you to get through these trying times that we're in. Um, she is shining, she's sharing, and she's growing, and she's helping others to do the same. I want to thank you for listening, um, and I want you to understand that this is a person that is uniquely designed and strategically gifted. She's using her gifts to impact the world. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Gifted with Sheila White. We hope you understand how your gifts can make an impact on the world. Gifted with Sheila White is produced by Road to Eternity, a film and television production company.